Oh, hey, Shay. I get it now. <clears throat> You're only interested in positive reinforcement. Um, and you disregard any criticism. Yeah, you're basically a self-obsessed uh, modern individual. Pretty standard. No, no problems with that. Um, but I find it interesting that you can't accept any criticism or. Um, or any uh, thought that's outside of your uh, wheelhouse. So just uh, think about that, you know. Um, <clears throat> maybe you're self-obsessed. Maybe you only think about um, yourself. Maybe you should uh, relax a little bit and uh, think about your players. I think about your family. I think about the world outside yourself. That might um, help you to get over your so-called depression. Jay's gonna bring me back. Give me a plus one to attack. Oh, oh, oh. I want to come back to the dice Whoa, oh, oh, oh I think I need some good advice I need a roleplay rescue Oh, yeah I need a roleplay rescue Oh, yeah Oh, yeah Hello, rescuers. My name is Che Webster and you're listening to Roleplay Rescue, the podcast about rediscovering our passion for tabletop roleplaying games. Big thank you at the top of the show to Sam, who kindly called in with his generous feedback on the show. I've been very busy over the past few days, and I'm recording a little later than usual, and your thoughts fit beautifully into the opening of what is, ironically enough, an episode all about me. Today's episode is a transition, a shift from one place toward another, the ending of one chapter, and the opening of hopefully a different one. In part, this is a reflection upon the journey so far. It's also a reorientation towards what I want for my future with role-playing games. But the episode is also a sharing both of my own thoughts and ideas, but also of those from the community, which have gathered over the past few weeks, including, of course, the thoughts of Sam. There are three things I really want to talk about. First, why do I do role-play rescue and via Patreon, the GM's journal? Second, what's changed from where I was and the reorientation that appears to be emerging in my role-playing games experience and third an appeal to you the listeners to seek your generous feedback on the next steps of the journey ahead if there is indeed to be any further journey this is season 12 episode 20 transitions let's start with a question why do i choose to write record edit and release roleplay rescue It began with anger, it became a community, and it has become a core part of my life. Roleplay Rescue is tiny in the great scheme of things, podcasting. Among all the myriad voices shouting into the void, this is not a voice that I even really want everyone to hear. Roleplay Rescue is deliberately small. What, or rather who, was I seeking? Well, it was you. 
if you're listening to this episode, it's probably because, if I'm not mistaken, I made this for you. As weird as it might sound, I've come to realise that the people who listen to Roleplay Rescue are the people who want and sometimes even need to hear the kinds of things well, that I'm saying. Here's a message sent via Mastodon just a few days ago before I sat down to record the episode. Quote, Just thought I'd alert you that in your recent Roleplay Rescue podcast you're absolutely on fire. Seriously, you're asking the questions that need to be asked. Do you already have every RPG product you need? Are the specifics of the rules a lot less important than the intent of the participants to have fun? What if you simplify or even just drop rules? I keep not getting around to sending you a voice message, but meanwhile, I thought I'd just let you know I'm really enjoying your pod. End quote. Thank you, James, for that feedback. Clearly, the episodes are resonating at least with you, and I'm so glad to discover that someone found value in what I recorded in recent weeks. The truly generous feedback from James, however, was the big clue to what I should be doing more of. Quote, asking the questions that need to be asked. Also the other day, I caught a recent episode of the excellent Random Screed podcast by Jason Hobbs entitled Second Levels of Play. During that episode, Hobbs played an extended call-in from myself in response to a question he had called in to me for the GM's journal. While I had recorded and added the reply to my own journal episode, I emailed the message to Jason in response to his first episode on Levels of Play. In short, Jason wanted to get my take on the connection between his own ideas about levels of play and the ideas of Gary Allen Fine on the three frames of role-playing games. That's not really important for us here. What became important to me was two comments that Hobbs made in response to my call-in. First, he mentioned that I had recorded the message for my own GM's journal and had also sent it to him so that it wasn't stuck behind what he termed the paywall of Patreon. The second comment was that Jason mentioned the difference between the main Roleplay Rescue podcast, this show, in which I script my thoughts and then read them out, and the nature of the GM's journal in which I speak open mic and just share my emergent thoughts. In the moment of hearing that feedback, I felt a little confused, and not a little bit hurt, and I'm sure Sam wouldn't be surprised. But as I reflected on that feedback, I recognised the generosity of what Hobbs was saying. Firstly, I realised that I needed to explain why I created the Patreon and moved the GM's journal behind the apparent paywall. Secondly, I realised that people don't understand why I believe a script makes my work on the podcast a wee bit better. And thirdly, I realised that I might be wrong about one or both of the answers that I have in my head. So, here's the thing. The Patreon was born out of my desire to form a community around the podcast. When I created it, I focused on the number of people signed up rather than the amount of money that the Patreon would provide me. I'm not seeking to make money from Roleplay Rescue. I'm seeking to create a community of discovery in which people can feel accepted, like for who they are. In the early days of the GM's journal, itself the brainchild of the great Frank Turfler who called in way back when, I just posted the episodes onto the Roleplay Rescue feed in the open. Some people liked it, many people told me that they hated it, and it's what the Brits call a Marmite experience. Some folk love the openness, honesty and raw nature of the ramblings I record, while other people find it tedious, unfocused, confusing, hard to listen to and frankly narcissistic. Both, of course, are right. The GM's journal is a mess, but it's an honest, open and raw mess. 
it's my mess and it's my mess recorded as an emergent outlet into which i choose to share my thoughts with my friends the fear i feel around the gm's journal is very real over time it has become more than a compartment for my thoughts around role-playing games the journal also contains the other parts of me snippets about my work my personal life my anxieties my discoveries my inner fears it's an honest open and raw mess which opens a door on well frankly my soul most of the clips are recorded on my iphone while out walking in the early morning before work there's wind noise and background distractions you can often hear my breathless speech because just a few minutes before i press play i was running this is my morning routine and that's because the gm's journal started out as a mental health tool for me for the me who was and perhaps is still recovering from generalized anxiety disorder and social anxiety so I guess the GM's journal appeals to the kind of people who want to hear about my struggles, my fears and the emergent ideas that rattle around in my head. People who are okay with the repetitions and cyclic themes which seem to permeate and spiral out from my psyche. People who are interested in what another human being has to say when they have lowered the usual social filters a little more than at any other time. And so my patrons are two kinds of people. There are the patrons who sign up to listen to the journal and there are the patrons who sign up to support the Roleplay Rescue podcast and then sometimes listen to the stuff I release on there as well. Because the Patreon is not just the GM's journal. And I guess that brings me round neatly to the question of why I script Roleplay Rescue. Hobbs prefers the unscripted ramblings in the GM's journal. I love that he feels that way because that makes editing this week's episode and posting it to the Patreon worth doing. And he's not the only one who loves a bit of rambling, random, honest, raw and rough-edged podcasting. The truth is that he's right when he says the GM's journal is, at least in part, inspired by random screed. I love me some screed, Jason. Thank you for recording it because it too is messy and emergent and amazingly honest stuff all about mental health, gaming and, well, life. But most listeners of Roleplay Rescue prefer the main show. I don't think anyone would be listening to this if it wasn't freely available across numerous podcatcher services worldwide, but I also don't believe you'd be listening to it if it was just like the GM's journal. Roleplay Rescue is my thoughts written down, worked out in the moment of scripting and presented as best as I can manage using a decent microphone, a PC and a fair bit of time. Why do I script my episodes? The reason is that unscripted thoughts are imprecise. When I've done the odd episode where I went off script, I have spent longer editing it than when I record my thoughts distilled into a script. Most of the media we consume is scripted to one degree or another. Newsreaders are doing just that, reading the news as scripted by the writer. TV shows and movies have scripts so that the story we experience is a crafted experience, not that I'm claiming anything great here. Even politicians script their speeches, both in public and to the House of Representation in which they must speak. Anyone of any seriousness as a thinker writes out what they want to say. They examine it for flaws and they edit it for clarity. The script is, to my mind, the natural thing to do. And of course, the truth is that if I hadn't scripted the first episodes of Roleplay Rescue, then I would not have found the courage to record them. I would have remained silent, and I would have remained angry. 
And I would not have found you, the community who listens to Roleplay Rescue. But perhaps Hobbs is right when he suggests that it's time to reevaluate the decision to script. Some of the best speakers we experience are those speakers who have honed their knowledge, understanding and craft to the point where they can speak freely and openly without a script and still remain coherent. Am I ready to move from a tight script to a looser set of notes? Perhaps. But I am afraid to take the risk. Maybe not too afraid, but the fear is there, inviting me to dance with it. But that's why I script my episodes. Well, enough about that. So, what's changing in my role-playing games experience? For one thing, I'm finding greater clarity in my thinking and the consequent experience of those thoughts in the moment. I'm feeling calmer and I'm feeling clearer about what I want to experience at the table. But I'm also seeing my role-playing games as part of a greater tapestry of who I am as a person. I'm a teacher of religious education, I'm an orthodox Christian, I'm a student of psychology, I'm a reader of books and a teller of stories, and I am fascinated with symbolism and meaning. Roleplay games are nested within an interwoven experience that is collectively called my life. The first thing that's changed is that I no longer view roleplaying games as my hobby. They are not a separate compartment. Neither is work, nor is home life, nor is the sacramental life within the church, and neither are my relationships across the whole of my experience. It's all one thing, bound up in my thought, emerging in the moment, expressed as it is in the pattern of my life. The second thing that's changed is that I've stopped, for want of a better phrase, doing what the angry GM calls dicking around. No longer am I simply wandering around without aim or direction, trying to find the answers to my questions. And then the third thing that's changed is that I'm enjoying my role-playing game experience on a consistent basis for the first time, perhaps since I was about 18 years old. So how's that come about? Clarity. I'm clear about what I want to experience when I sit down at the table. I'm there to play a game, I'm there to play a game with my friends, and I'm there to play a game with my friends that both they and I will enjoy. You don't create the experience you want by forever changing direction. Picking up yet another product and messing around with it is all very well, but it doesn't produce the experience of consistency that I seek to offer my friends. What has changed is that I've decided to master being a role-playing game, what do we call it? Game master, referee, arbiter. The truth is that we can't even agree on the words to label that role because across all the gamers in the world, we're all doing it differently and for different reasons. My goal is to master one role-playing game system. Perhaps over time I'll be able to learn and run other game systems as well, but mastery is a singular endeavour. I've picked my game rules to learn and I'm mastering those rules with energy and vigour. My goal is to master my role-playing method. This is the unique combination of approaches that I will use to create a game within any specific imaginary world to discover the characters and stories that will emerge from them. And I'm sensing my goal is also to present worlds, one at a time, which engage with and emerge from my passion for symbolism and storytelling. Fantasies that reflect who I am rather than being presentations of other people's worlds as written by those other people. Overall, my goal is to become the very best game master for the kind of immersive, emergent and detailed role-playing campaigns that my players enjoy. And I want to do that better day by day, week by week and month by month. I'm very much the beginner in this endeavour because despite 40 years of wandering in the desert, I've only just found the way home. 
and the invitation is there to join me if you wish. Come along for the journey, walk alongside me and see what we might learn together as we travel. But I actually don't know how to be anything other than myself, doing what I can, the best way I know, making mistakes, learning, growing, and just trying to figure out how to live in community with folks like you. But that's about all I've got to say about that one for now. I love to receive messages and call-ins from listeners, so in a moment I'll share the latest crop of audio calls. But first, well, here's a question for you. I've spoken about why I record the GM's Journal for patrons and why I record main episodes through the lens of a script. Is that what you want to hear from me? And if not, well, what can I do to improve? If you want to share your answers, hop over to speakpipe.com slash roleplayrescue where you can leave a voice message. If you prefer, open up a voice app on your device, record what you want to say and email it directly to me via hello at rpgrescue.com. Or if you don't want to make a sound recording, then just open up an email, aim it towards hello at rpgrescue.com and shoot your thoughts over in written form. I do read all the messages, I generally respond to them and if you're looking to find me on social media, well, I'm on Mastodon and MeWe via the links in the show notes. Thanks in advance for your feedback. And, well, there's a few that are stocked up over the last few weeks, and I guess we'll start with another message from Sam. Hey, Shay. If uh, life was a mouse wheel, a never-ending uh, hamster wheel, and we're all already at where we need to be, then how would you have ever gotten to where you are? Um, surely there was a time when you didn't have all this... Um, all this role-playing paraphernalia, and you had to work to get there. So uh, maybe now, yeah, you can let it all settle, but um, of course that wouldn't work for everyone. Everyone's on a path and everyone's achieving and uh, moving forward. Um, sure, but you should definitely appreciate once you get to somewhere. Um, but the philosophy behind that book you read seems, seems seems a little broken to me. Thanks, Sam, for the message and also for the question and challenge to the work of Jamie Smart in his book, Clarity, as interpreted by me back in episode 14. Now, if I'm hearing you correctly, I think that there's a misunderstanding around this idea of the hidden hamster wheel, and I'd like to speak to that. Smart's point is that our internal sense of, quote, security, confidence, peace, love, happiness and success, end quote, do not come from and cannot be affected by the external circumstances of our life. Thus, it wasn't a past boss who made me feel insecure and unhappy at work. It was myself that created those internal states from the thoughts that I generated and which I consequently gave rise to in the sense of discomfort and fear at work. It's a challenging thought and probably best left for Smart to explain. But speaking to your message, I think that yes, I have received a massive gift from my past self in the form of all the role-playing books and paraphernalia and not to mention all the ideas and learning about gaming that I've accrued over the years. I don't feel ungrateful for those things and I'm glad that they've helped me arrive at where I'm at. You're absolutely right. I also just don't feel I need to hold on to them necessarily. It's kind of like the fallacy of sunk costs. I think, at least for me, 
the accumulation of stuff under the assumption that if I just get the latest new shiny thing, that has buried my joy and my creativity within the hobby. To pick up on your opening message, you are quite right when you say that I've become self-obsessed and selfish in my hobby, but I am, I believe, on a path out of that self-focus now, and that was, to a large degree, aided by the insights I gained reading Smart's Clarity. As I've begun to let go of the clutter in my life, as I've loosened up my thinking, and as I've returned to what's important, not only in the role-playing game sphere, but also with family and with friends at work and by returning to the sacramental life, well, that's where the contaminated thinking has dissipated and clarity has slowly but steadily emerged. Sure, I I still get hoodwinked by the mistaken belief that what I'm feeling is somehow being generated from my circumstances, from what is going on around me, but every now and then the thought emerges – Why do you think that what you're feeling is anything more than thought arising in the moment? And so you are right. My depression has lifted. My anxieties have decreased. I'm finding the path a little easier to navigate. And I've stepped off the hidden hamster wheel that I was running around on. I'm sorry if you feel the philosophy is a little off. uh, A little out of whack. uh, But to be fair... To smart, any fault in your understanding of his ideas probably arises from my own limited ability to explain his perspective. Of course, if it doesn't resonate with you, well, that's okay too. Big thanks again for calling in. It's generous of you to challenge my thinking. I wish you all the very best, Sam, in everything that you do. Thanks again for calling in. Hey, Che. It's Anthony calling in on a gray and rainy morning in South Korea from the road. So apologies for the road and possible animal noises as the car is full of dogs. Anyway, I'm calling in in response to your recent episode uh, released yesterday, my time, at time of recording, called Clarity. I very much enjoyed it and I resonated with it on many levels Um, way back in the beginning uh, not really by choice but because of circumstance I was a real RPG purist you know core books only it's all you need you know kind of thing and after sometime after opportunity presented itself to me to go to game stores and and peruse and, and buy the things that I liked I still wasn't that interested in buying things other than core books. Some of the first games that I bought and expanded my collection with were Call of Cthulhu and Palladium Fantasy and Star Wars D6, for example. But something happened to change my perspective. Like The historical tidbits in Call of Cthulhu scenarios began to call to me, and I, st- I wanted to collect them all so that I could be prepared for any possible historical situation in any possible historical location. I wasn't at all interested in using the scenarios, but I wanted to use the setting material. Same bug bit me for Palladium Fantasy. I wanted to have all of the world books rather than just, you know, starting with one and maybe and spreading out from there or just using the map and and doing what I had already been doing for almost a decade of just looking at a map or making my own map and 
making it up from there. Something happened, and I bought into buying into games, and I became something of a of a completist. I had to have it all. I had to know it all. And I found that really interesting in hindsight. I find it pretty interesting in hindsight. Now, I would go to such an extreme, and so would a lot of my friends during the 90s, that I eventually woke myself out of it. <laughs> Especially when I tried to move, and I had all of these books, and trying to fit them into boxes, and fit them into cars, and, and things like this, to move to a, a, a new apartment, or a new house, or whatever. And I would realize that I've never used anything in this. I've never used anything in that. I don't think this one is well written at all. This one is in direct contradiction with all of the supplements that came before it and so on and so forth. It was the world of darkness that further bound me but then ultimately freed me from the bondage of buying a lot of support material. Uh, and with my friends it was Shadowrun. The new gear, the new tech, the new this, that, or the other thing. So, this also led to recognizing that there's there's two parts to the hobby. At least. <laughs> there's at least two parts to the hobby. One is the playing part, and the other is the enjoyment of reading part. The, the experience, you know, the having, the appreciation of the art, or whatever. There's the... There's the role-playing game collector, I guess, aspect, and there is the role-playing gamer part. And even though I still have a very large library, I don't, I don't identify as a collector, uh, which could be erroneous. But uh, I like to think that I'm a researcher, but that could just be another lie that my wallet is telling me. Anyway, I had a lot of thoughts about the episode. Thanks for releasing it, and I look forward to the next one. Hey, Shay, this is Carl calling. I'm actually so glad that I listened to Clarity on the eve of me going to North Texas RPG Con. I was pretty, I've been pretty anxious about it, maybe because I haven't prepped correctly in my mind, but is there a correct way to prep? I don't know. I, you just want to sit down and play, and I know the rules. I know what I want to happen. So uh, let's just do it, like you said, and achieve or try to achieve that natural state. Inadvertently, I kind of did that this weekend. I um, played. I didn't run any. Well, I ran a couple of games, but I played in uh, two of Kevin Madison Dungeon Musings games. And I just, you know, was, I promised myself I'm not going to, I'm going to bite my tongue. If there's any rules issues, I'm just going to sit there and enjoy the play. And it, it was fantastic. I had a great time. And uh, I guess I inadvertently followed your future advice. So thanks for that. And I'll hopefully talk to you sooner rather than later. It's been a while. To be honest, I'm not sure quite what to add to those calls, but just to say thank you to Anthony and to Carl for calling in around Clarity. And I just wanted to say that, you know, say thank you uh, rather than say nothing. But I mean, I'm really glad that the episode resonated with you and it seems like you're not the only ones with whom it resonated. Hey, Jay, Spencer here. I just wanted to respond following your comments about the difficulties you've been having using Anchor to leave messages. It appears to be a problem for all of us who are still members of Anchor 
and we've now reverted to, well, many of us are using SpeakPipe, but a lot of the messages are being shared over Discord. And uh, some people like Jason have even resorted to having an actual phone line. So, yes, you're not alone. Also, I wanted to thank you for this season of Roleplay Rescue. It's been a season that's that's contained some difficult truths. And I just want to thank you for putting that stuff out there. Stuff that's not necessarily easy to hear, but is certainly worth sharing. So thank you for doing what you do. Take care. Hey, Jay, Jason here. Just want to say I listened to episode 1216 with Rinslinger. Great conversation. Really great insights. Thank you for that. Thank you for all the great content that you're putting out. And that's it. Big thank you to Hobbs from Random Screed for inspiring this episode and giving me his generous feedback on the show. Thanks also to Sam, Anthony, Carl, Spencer and Jason for all your generous messages and thoughts. If you have any questions or comments, I really would love to hear from you. Call in via speakpipe.com slash roleplayrescue. Alternatively, email via hello at rpgrescue.com. And yeah, leave me your thoughts. Thanks to all the Roleplay Rescue patrons who do support the show through patreon.com slash rpgrescue. Thank you to John from Tell of the Manticore for the Roleplay Rescue theme music. And thank you to you, the listener, for showing up and lending me your ears. My name is Che Webster. This is Roleplay Rescue. I'll see you again next time. Game on.